You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is June 10th, 2019. My name is Philip Rostenreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. On today's episode of Locked on Magic, we're going to talk about Game 4 of the NBA Finals and talk about a local prospect, or a prospect who's at least local enough, that is getting some NBA buzz. And and while he's probably a second-round pick, deserves perhaps a little bit more consideration than you might otherwise think. But before we do any of that, I do want to remind you all that you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network by searching on iTunes for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like there's a podcast covering your Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, there's a podcast covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you find here on Locked On Magic. As I said, Game Four of our Game Five of the NBA Finals is coming up tonight. I guess I didn't say that. I'm saying it now. Game five of the NBA Finals is coming up tonight. The best place to get your NBA Finals fix is on Locked On Raptors and Locked On Warriors. I'm sure you'll want to listen to tomorrow's episode of both of those podcasts, win or lose for both teams. This is, of course, they are the guys that know their team better than anyone else. Local experts who follow the team day in and day out. Uh, in the same way that we do here on Locked On Magic, they care about the minutiae and they care about the little details that you wouldn't get from the national perspective. But if you want that national perspective too, I can't I can't more highly suggest subscribing to Locked On NBA or Locked On Fantasy Basketball. You can find a Locked On podcast for any team in the NBA, NFL, MLB, and colleges too. You can find them all on the Locked On Podcast Network. To search on iTunes for Locked On and the team you're looking for, or check them out on the Himalaya app. The Himalaya app is a great new app that has put a podcast really all in one place for you. They have a specialist who suggest podcasts that you might like to listen to in addition to the ones that you listen to already. And you can create playlists so you can get around to all your favorite podcasts. You check out the Himalaya app today. It is the home of the Lockdown Podcast Network. The Lockdown Podcast Network, it's your team every day. I have to admit that, that I am sitting here on the day of Game 5 just in shock. And I don't want to dwell too long on the Golden State Warriors. But I am in shock that Golden State is on the verge of their season ending. That they're on the verge of getting absolutely routed. I think I sat here and I I think I did take some heat from people about this, questioning their depth. I, I firmly believe that this is, whether they win or win the championship or not this year, that this is the worst Warriors team of this five-year run. I was concerned about their depth, that they that they didn't have uh, enough scores, enough guys who could who could create and, and, and withstand some of the injuries that they've had, but just against a really good team, find role players who would step up to the moment. They relied, and, and this was especially true even earlier in, this, in the playoffs too, they relied so much on their main guys that it felt like the whole thing could collapse. The Warriors are good enough to compete even with that being the case, but when push has come to shove in this playoff series, in this final series, the Warriors have gotten beat. I said it after Game 3 when we talked about Game 3. The Warriors are chasing the Raptors. 
the Raptors are the better team. And so the only thing I want to say about Golden State is they need Kevin Durant back. And I'm not talking about back as in playing. He can play. They need Kevin Durant back. Like Texas is back, as someone pointed out to me when I when I made this statement. They need Kevin Durant back because, frankly, they're not going to win without him. Having Kevin Durant on the floor is going to help the Warriors tremendously if he plays. He's currently listed as questionable for Game 4 because it's going to force Toronto to commit Kawhi Leonard or Pascal Siakam to him. It's going to take away some energy and some attention defensively. It's going to free up Stephen Clay a little bit more because the defense will have to shift. Right now, they can put a better defender on Stephen Clay, perhaps. Or bigger defender on Stephen Clay. They wouldn't be able to do that if Durant is on the floor. Not to mention Durant in the two games against Toronto earlier this year is averaging 40 points per game against the Raptors. 40 points. Small sample size, granted. But they need him. Because Toronto is waxing Golden State. It's not just Kawhi Leonard's brilliance, and Kawhi Leonard's been brilliant. It's their defense, just keeping Golden State from finding any rhythm, really tightening up in the moments they need to and getting big shots in the moments they need to. It's the play of role players like Fred Van Vliet and Serge Ibaka who stepped up tremendously in this final series. They've been absolutely critical to everything Toronto's done in this series to take this lead. It's, even to some extent, it's certainly the extent Pascal Siakam playing like he did in the first round against the Magic. The Magic saw this Raptors team. The Raptors have kind of struggled a little bit in the other two rounds, honestly. Kawhi's been brilliant. They've They've gotten players to step up. But Siakam hasn't played this way since they were playing the Magic. And the Magic kind of figured Jonathan Isaac will take care of Siakam or slow him down enough. And when he didn't, that's when the series went off the rails for the Magic. You could maybe, possibly, kind of argue that the Magic played the best defense on Kawhi Leonard in this entire playoff series. playoffs. I may make that argument. I may look up those numbers. But I remember exiting that series thinking the Magic you know, could have done maybe a few things better, but did a good job on Kawhi Leonard. He was just that much better. He is that much better. We all kind of forget, and, and it's because he doesn't puff his chest or talk about it much, we all kind of forget he is a top five player in this league. And if he is, he wasn't before, he's proven that now. He's been the best player on the floor in this series. And, and the old adage goes, the team with the best player has a chance to win the series. Toronto's just been disciplined and into what they're doing. They've been great defensively, swarming and, and, and stopping Golden State's offensive attacks and offensive forays. They've been dynamite offensively, too. And I frankly have a hard time figuring out how Golden State's going to keep up. It's clear Golden State's more banged up than Toronto. You can put an asterisk on that if you want. You shouldn't. Toronto is winning this series, Toronto is dominating this series. And I do mean that, dominating. They've lost one quarter of this series. It was that third quarter when they gave up third quarter in game two when they gave up an 18-0 run. 
Golden State still has that firepower if Toronto loosens up too much. But the fact of the matter is, they aren't. At this point, they are so dialed in. It's going to take Kevin Durant, looking like Kevin Durant, to even have a sniff of this thing. And even then, I still think Toronto has a good chance to win. I expect Monday to be the last game of the NBA season. I expect the Raptors to take care of business on their home floor and celebrate a title. That's something none of us certainly thought we would say at the beginning of the series. Certainly thought it was possible. Certainly not anything we thought we'd be saying at the beginning of these playoffs when the Magic took on the Raptors, when the Magic beat Toronto in Game 1. When Orlando struggled and still fought and clawed their way to have a chance to win Game 3. That seems forever ago. This Raptors team seems like a different team, but they are that team. They are that team. They're that team we saw in the first round again, dominating and stifling any offensive flow you could have. And they proved that again in Game 4. Trailing for much of the first half, they just put the screws on them in the third. And it was over. Golden State didn't have a run. Every time they cut the lead to 7, Toronto made a basket to bring it back to 9, then to 12, then to 13. And Golden State is out of options. If Kevin Durant can't go. That's their Hail Mary. That's their play. And it's a play they have to hit and have to make right if they want this series to go back to Oakland one more time. Meanwhile, back at the Amway Center, the Orlando Magic are continuing draft workouts. Um, you know, the, the draft obviously a week from Thursday. And, you know, I'm going to talk, you know, usually I spend this time talking about players. Uh, in the first round of the draft, because that's where a lot of the focus and attention is. And and later on, uh, you know, when, when the NBA, uh, Locked On NBA mock draft comes out, I'll discuss what my thought process was as I was looking at the Magic's draft. And, and I, I did make a move, I did make a trade, and I'll explain my thought process a little bit here and how I think the draft is really integrated with the 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 larger offseason plans and, and why I think this draft is really important. It is important that the Magic hit on this draft. I think they need to get a player in this draft. But... They do have that second-round pick at 46, and and there is a player with local ties here in Orlando that is drawing a lot of interest and a lot of intrigue, and it's a, it's a guy that I think a lot of people don't quite know what to make of or who what to make of him. I I, I could be talking about a lot of players. There's, there's several players with Orlando ties that, that are going through the draft process, but in this instance, I'm talking about Taco Fall. Taco Fall, if, if you're not familiar, because um, I, I realize not all of my audience is from Orlando, and, and I do like to bring a local bent. I, I am based in Orlando, uh, and I do like to bring a local bent, uh, and, and it, it's a big story here in Orlando, and, and big is used as a pun in this case. It is a big story in Orlando to, to figure out where Taco is going to end up. UCF doesn't have a lot of NBA players. Uh, Jermaine Taylor, I believe, was the last NBA player from UCF to, to play. And the Knights have three intriguing prospects, uh, three guys that, that are going through the NBA draft process and fall, um, Aubrey Dawkins and B.J. Taylor. 
I actually really like Aubrey Dawkins. Um, I think that he'll get a summer league shot somewhere and could very well make, surprise a lot of people in summer league. He's a good shooter, solid defender, um, decent athlete. You know, not going to blow you away with anything, but can play a role in an offense. And like I've said, with a lot of these guys that aren't going to be stars, can you play a role within an offense? Can you defend? Those are your keys to getting on teams and, and sticking. Taku Fall doesn't have to worry about any of that. And, and B.J. Taylor, the, the Knights point guard, a, a, a Boone graduate here in Orlando, a, a smallish point guard that that doesn't shoot efficiently. You know, I I, I remember watching B.J. and he and I've interacted with him a few times just from from stories I've done. Really good kid. Um, you know, obviously a huge part of UCF making the NCAA tournament this year. Uh, just just never turned the corner. He had a strong freshman year and just just never turned that corner. Injuries kind of slowed him down a little bit. Had a good year last year, but again, was always waiting for that efficiency to drop from him. And so Taco Fall really is the best chance for UCF to get someone drafted, and it's it's hard to ignore him. I mean, the guy is seven foot seven. He's a legitimate seven foot seven. If you've ever seen a photo of him standing next to Mo Bamba. He makes Mobamba look like a guard. And I'm not kidding. Go go Google Taco Fall and Mobamba standing together. He makes Mobamba look tiny. And Mobamba is not a tiny person. He's slender, he's slim, but he is not small. And Taco Fall does that to people. It is hard not to notice him. He, you know, did a good job when he was matched one-on-one with Zion Williamson in their NCAA tournament game against Duke. Zion still had 30-something points, but I don't think any of that was really on Taco. I think Zion got a lot of his work done when Taco was out of the game and, and, and was able to draw fouls on Taco, which I think is, is the big thing. But the league is changing for sure. It's, it's not a, a big man's league anymore, but there's still that age-old adage, adage, you can't teach height. And when Taco falls in the game... He affects everything. His wingspan is larger than eight feet. It's the largest wingspan recorded in the NBA draft combine. For a guy his size, because you know, you think of the big the, the, the huge guys like Minute Ball or Sean Bradley, they kind of lumbered around. They didn't have a lot of mobility. Taco Fall can move a little bit. He's much more athletic for a guy his size than you would think. And yes, his post game is, is pretty rudimentary, but he doesn't have to do a lot. Just turn over your shoulder and he's shooting over someone. Few, few players are going to be able to challenge his shot. And so while he isn't a center, a prototypical center in the NBA, he can still carve out a role because he can block shots. He can protect the lane. He's a, I think he's a smart defender. What, what I've seen from him, you know, he was still given to foul trouble occasionally because he just doesn't have the foot speed. But he, you, you set him up in the lane, he's going to keep you out of the lane just with his size alone. He's going to challenge shots with his size alone. He doesn't have to do much to do that. If he can get near the basket on offense, he's going to gobble up every offensive rebound and finish around the basket. Taco Fall represents a specialist. Think what Boban Marjanovic does for, did for the LA Clippers and does for the Philadelphia 76ers. Throw him in there for maybe five, six minutes at a time, and the whole game changes. It stops a little bit for the other team. It's a five to six minute stretch where they're only taking jumpers because his size can legitimately repel anyone from the paint. 
And that's the kind of gamble you take with a guy like Taco Fall. And he can play that role. I think he can he can carve out that role. He's proven throughout his four years at UCF, he will get better year over year over year. He is significantly better today than he was two years ago when he last entered the NBA draft process. He's a hard worker. I mean, he made, got invited to the NBA G League Elite Camp and then got the, one of the invites from that camp to the NBA Draft Combine where he continued to impress people, both with his you know, with his size and, and strength, but with his play, with, his, with how he played in those scrimmages. It, it helped him. He's one of the guys that it helped. But ultimately, you are drafting a specialist. Fall is not going to be able to go out and guard pick and rolls. His stamina is better. His wind is better. His strength is better. But he's not going to be able to play long stretches in an NBA game. You will probably never be able to start Taco Fall in a game. Just like starting Boban is, is a difficult prospect as well. He is more than capable of playing at a high level, of providing that role, of providing that fit for a team if they want to use a roster spot on it, of giving them that guy that they could mix in and throw in and lock down the paint for a little while. But he's still very slender. He's going to get pushed off the block a lot. He's not going to give you much offensively. He's not going to be able to step out and shoot threes. He's got to be earthbound. He's got to be in the paint. And that's still a tough sell in this league today. That's still something that is... You can get away with in college, especially with the the ability to play zone. You can't get away with it as much in the NBA. And so Fall is going to have to continue to find a fit. He's going to have to continue to get better and improve those skills. He's proven that he can. But it won't be easy for him. The size is impressive. But he's got to be more than that to make it in the NBA, to get a chance. And he'll get a chance. Someone will take a flyer on him. And at 46, the Magic love their length. They know that that they'll have some questions at center. If he's willing to spend a year in the G League, why not? Someone will take a chance on him in the second round. I have no doubt about that. Because the height is enough to intrigue and enough to make an impact. I could, I could sit here and say that if he did play in an NBA game, for two, three minutes, he might be really good. He might really affect the game. Depending on the matchup. And of course, the question with a player like that is how much you invest in that. Certainly a second-round pick is a place to start. And that's ultimately where I see Fall going, whether it's to the Magic or someone else. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. You can, of course, follow us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can also find it on the Himalaya app. The Himalaya app is a new app for your podcast where you can follow your favorite podcast, get suggestions of new podcasts to listen to, and create playlists as well. You check it all out on the Himalaya app, the home of the Locked On Podcast Network. You can find me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. We're continuing our player. We're doing player draft profiles on orlandomagicdaily.com, so be sure to check that out. Magic workouts will continue. We'll have some reports from that as well. 
And of course, the Orlando Magic Daily Mailbag is open. I'm hoping to answer your questions before the NBA draft and before um, answer your questions before the NBA draft and the offseason really begins. You, of course, follow me again on Twitter at philiprr_md and follow, follow Orlando Magic Daily on Twitter at omagicdaily to, answer, to ask your questions, as well as email me at omagicdaily at gmail.com. That's going to do it for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Rossman Mike. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. You are Locked on Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.